Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written published article, Who Is at the Helm? 
from 1965. It's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage Show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar and you get a better buzz. <laughs> with the Savage Premium. So go to go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. Welcome to the Michael Savage Podcast. We have an incredible interview for you today. We have a lot of other elements of the podcast that you really will not find anywhere else if I am permitted to say so myself because I'm not for myself who will be. And now we go to the news of the day. Let's begin with my website, michaelsavage.com, headline story, study, diversity, equity, inclusion grifters rake in $1 billion in California. Are you surprised about the minority Al Capones out there disguising themselves as civil rights activists? I'm not. Story number two, poverty forces girls to use cow dung as sanitary pads in socialist Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe used to be Rhodesia, then they kicked the white man off the farms, and then they started to starve to death, and now they're using cow dung as sanitary pads. Uh, what else can I say? Story number three. Watch, National Women's Law Center president will not define a woman. Since you are the president of the National Women's Law Center, I was hoping that you could define what a woman is for us in this committee hearing. Well, as the president of the National Women's Law Center, you can imagine I say woman a lot uh, in my day job. Okay, uh, so I'm just asking I, for the de definition. I'm, so, and, and so what I'll tell you is I am a woman. That's how I identify. Okay. But I wonder, however, if in part the reason that you're asking a question is that you're trying to suggest that people who I am don't simply asking the question and I simply want an answer. It. And so I think it's actually really important to be very clear here that there are people who identify as non-binary. I think okay. about five right. percent of young. We're not going to go there. I was hoping maybe you would. I was hoping that you, maybe you would say something that maybe we learned in um, high school biology that has to do with X and Y chromosomes, but uh, which define male and female. But I guess we're not going to get there. But she has her hand on her chest the way Zelensky does when he talks. Story four, Democrats demanding student debt forgiveness. Okay, why? Well, I owe them something? They went to college to study how to smoke marijuana and, get, and have sex. Los Angeles DA, George Gascon moves to dissolve division that notifies victims of attackers' parole hearings. Which side is he on? He's on their side, idiot. Haven't you seen enough movies? How many times do I have to tell you that the George Soros-funded DAs are not the good guys. Watch the movie The Departed with Jack Nicholson, and you'll know who they are, in my opinion. Obama scolds his former doctor for questioning Biden's cognitive ability. Yeah, the truth does hurt. COVID infection more likely depending on your blood type, experts warn. It's an interesting one from Japan. 
Uh, it doesn't mean you're immune, but you have less of a chance to get it if you're blood type O and a higher chance of getting it if you're blood type A. Ship of fools. Here's a great story. 62% of Biden officials who handle economic policy have zero years business experience per report. No kidding. I mean, all those college gals who never ran a lemonade stand as a child are now responsible for our runaway inflation. Yeah, that's how it works. When you hire idiots to run a store, they go out of business. America is their candy store. Do you understand how that's working? Underground bunker full of stolen goods found at homeless camp. Organized crime. Trans woman returns to life as man and takes aim at the activist doctor who turned his life upside down. Okay. How many times have I told you this is child abuse? Club owner kills himself, meaning he committed suicide by going to Switzerland where assisted suicide is allowed. And he admits that the drugs and alcohol destroyed his brain. No kidding. He said he loved to be high all the time when he ran the club, smiling little face with the curly-haired devil. What a good time he had. And a good time was had by all. Very sad story, yes. But there's a lesson to be learned, boys and girls. GOP calls Hunter Biden a national security threat over scandalous leaks and urges investigation. Good luck with Wolf Blitzer and Jake Tapper as the pimps of the left and the media. This is the saddest story of all, and my headline says it all. Uvalde, Texas cops hide while madman kills school children. To me, they're accessory to murder. That's what that is. That doorbell camera told the whole story. They were hiding while he was shooting the children. Unbelievable. Mexican president lectures Americans, reject, reject conservatism and accept transformation. Isn't that nice? That they're telling us how to run our country. I love it. Planned Parenthood offers transgender hormone therapy to minors. Isn't that, isn't that nice? Ukraine rules out ceding territory to Russia to secure peace. I guess they will fight to the last Ukrainian. And many of you will cheer him on as being the Winston Churchill or George Washington of our time. Right. ACLU handcuffs ICE in California. The ACLU is a terrorist organization. I said it to Trump. I'll say it again. They should have been stopped when we could have stopped them. Just as Hitler should have been stopped at Munich. ACLU should have been stopped during Trump's administration. Bidenflation, much worse than expected. Consumer prices rise 9.1% in one month. Well, what the heck? If you don't know what business is, what do you know what inflation is? What else is on michaelsavage.com? Zelensky to consider replacing Catherine the Great statue with a monument to a gay porn star. It's a story. It's on my website. Take a look at this. The Russians did say Zelensky was a vulgar comedian, but you didn't want to listen to them. Hmm. How do you like that? This is a very tragically sad little video. Child hits and swears at cop in heartbreaking video from Minnesota. You see a little African-American child in diapers spitting and hitting a cop who's African-American. And the cops were sent there to arrest a murderer. You hear this? And he curses him, calls him a bitch. I, I just can't believe this. And the, the arms flayed back like a gangster. He's about three years old. Florida dad speaks out after school board cuts his mic for reading pornography books he found in the district schools. Well, that's what you do when you're a dictator on a school board. The man who has Putin's ear may want his job. He's far more radical than Putin, by the way. Be careful what you wish for. 
New York City monkeypox case is double again. <laughs> okay. The monkeypox case is an interesting story. They're holding a town hall, but not telling you where the monkeypox is spreading and why. Hello? This is a repeat of the AIDS epidemic all over again. What are the massive ramifications of the Russia-Iran drone connection? So now we've driven Russia and Iran together. Isn't that great how liberalism works? The unintended consequences? Wholesale prices up 11.3%. Long food lines return. Bank stress. Unbelievable to me. Meanwhile, they keep persecuting Donald Trump. That's all they're doing. Just persecuting Donald Trump, thinking that'll get them back into the White House. Newsom slams red state. Governor's on D.C. trips, stoking speculation about his future. Okay. With few able and fewer willing, military can't find recruits. Would you go into the Marine Corps if you're a red-blooded male and you had a, you had to share a shower with a transgender and you were told you were garbage from the time you enlisted? Unbelievable to me. What else? Musk. Uh, baggage chaos getting so bad flyers turning to tracking devices. I care about that. Illegal alien charged in rape of 10-year-olds who traveled to Indiana for procedure. Ah, what the heck, another illegal raping someone? When you're bringing in rapists and drug dealers and murderers hidden behind the women and children, what do you expect? What else is in the news? Beijing is using AI to remove human errors in court. I'm not that interested. China satellite swarms and hunts down and destroys enemy targets. Okay. Well, we're hunting down uh, homophobes here. They're building their military and we're building our diversity core. Okay. Well, before I go, I guess there's a little bit more news. Where shall I turn for the last bit of horrendous news of the day? Uh... Maybe you want to hear what's on the New York Post today. Let's see. I'll type it in, and we shall see if there's anything of your interest. Yeah, New York Post news for the day on the Michael Savage podcast. Breaking news. It's got to be someone naked. Fish food. I was chewed up and spit out by a great white shark. Okay, not interested. Biden makes jaw-dropping gaffe about Holocaust during Israel trip. Later today, I will once more return to the hollow ground of Yad Vashem to honor six million Jewish lives who were stolen in the genocide and continue, which we must do every, every day, continue to bear witness. To keep alive the truth and honor of the Holocaust, horror of the Holocaust. Well, that's like Jill calling Mexicans as good as tacos. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. Maybe Biden can say something about, I love Israel, it's a beautiful nation, and you Jews are just like a good knish. Maybe that's something he said. I mean, Jill said that, she basically compared Latinos to tacos, and that went by Wolf Blitzer and Jake Tapper, the government uh, mouthpieces. I don't know if Joe Biden did this yet, but he can get up there in Jerusalem and say, what a beautiful holy city you have. You Jews are like wonderful white knishes. Okay. I guess that's it. 
No, Jews are not like knishes, and Latinos are not like tacos. This is Michael Savage. Thanks for listening. Michael Savage, a host like no other. And continue, which we must do every, every day, continue to bear witness. To keep alive the truth and honor of the Holocaust, horror of the Holocaust. I'd like to begin with Biden in Israel, where he has gone to shore up his public image. So, as you would expect, the Israelis are kissing his toes and his hands. And the Jerusalem Post, a leftist newspaper in Israel, a fairly good one at that, writes a puff piece entitled, President Biden is plagued by ageism in the media. Analysis. It's no analysis. It's written strictly as a PR piece to show us that Biden is not senile. So the headline says, at age 79, Biden has been under the magnifying glass since the day he took office as detractors look for any sign of mental or physical fatigue. And then they try to show us that he's really not, you know, mentally uh, impaired in any way. Well, the fact is everybody who has studied dementia knows he is demented. Everyone who studied Alzheimer's knows he has pre-senile, if not mid-range Alzheimer's disease. So the article goes on with a puff piece about how smart he is and how wonderful he is and that Biden is not the only senior leader. And then they go on to say, Moses remained the leader of the children of Israel until his death at the age of 120. Well, number one, time was kept differently in those days. We don't know if Moses really lived to 120. And then they have the absurd statement, Queen Elizabeth of England is 96, and her mind is as sharp as ever, even though she may be physically frail. Duh. She doesn't run the country. She's a figurehead, you idiot. Then the article says, Robert Mugabe ruled as president of Zimbabwe till he was 93 years old. How did that work out for the Zimbabweans? Not too well. So they go on to talk about how he's not really uh, impaired in any way. It says, asked about ageism, specifically in relation to, Bi to Biden. The head of the intelligence services, the former head of the Mossad, says, uh, if they're mentally capable, there's no reason why people of Biden's age and older should be disqualified on grounds of ageism. Who is convinced that the president is capable of making a valuable contribution to the United States. Age should not be a factor, said the former Mossad director. Now, of course, they're doing this in order to butter him up and get as much money and weaponry as they can uh, uh, out of it. They have the nerve in the article to say, former U.S. President Jimmy Carter at 97 continues to be a public figure. Speaking out of various issues, remaining loyal to the Democratic Party. But he's not running anything. It's easy to speak out once in a while. This is a 24-7 job, idiot. And then they close the article with this absurd statement. I can't believe this. The Jerusalem Post has really fallen to a new low. Compared to them, Biden, who will turn 80 on November 20th, is a spring chicken. So I look at the comments. I love the comments. That's where the real people talk. And uh, some of the comments are worthy of your attention. And um, a guy writes, flat out he has dementia. That's not ageism, it's just a fact. Most sane people knew this before he was elected, even though the media did its best to hide it. Being old is not bad. Having dementia isn't bad. It's just what happens to folks. Being thrust into a position of power and leadership and propped up by your family, your political party, and the media is what's bad. 
There should be people in jail for abusing him. I honestly feel bad for him. That's pretty well put. Let's see what else. Another one writes this. The Third Temple Troll writes this in the Jerusalem Post about this fake article about Biden. It says, oh dear, he has to have flashcards to tell him what to say. He reads, quote, end of statement and repeat this line with power, unquote, off the teleprompter. He cannot form an intelligent sentence for his life. He will not run again in 24, as the power brokers and the Democrats' inner circle simply won't allow it. Another one writes, age is important in the U.S. presidency. This is not a royalty or dictatorship. We need a president who is fit for the job mentally, physically, and morally. The DNC would prop up Biden's dead body and pretend it was alive if they thought he could win another election. That is not good for the American people. Another writer says, if he was 20 years old in such condition, the media would eat him alive for not being fit to lead the country. But he, as he is old, suddenly it must be acceptable, right? Then here's a good one. This is one of the best comments. Sorry to inform you, but the Jerusalem Post sycophanting to Joe won't pay any dividends. Puff piece. Nobody had made age an issue until the bizarre incidents began happening, which incidents, of course, are missing from this story. Here's a nice one. That's the nicest thing one can say about this demented crook, that he's not all there. All he ever was, a not very talented crook. Now he's just old and a demented dude that has no real grasp on the reality or the gravitas of his office. It's plain to see and well docu documented on countless live occasions. Here's a really brilliant one that I think should be heard. Biden is plagued by dementia, something everyone who has ever had a family member with the disease easily recognizes in his behavior. It is not ageism to recognize Biden is not healthy enough to do the job. We see this almost at every public speaking engagement he is at. Another one writes, this has nothing to do with ageism. There are people who at 90 keep perfectly clear mental faculties and can teach advanced courses and write strong scientific papers, in some cases better than their much younger colleagues. But when a president dozes off during an important international meeting, it leaves a bad impression. And there's more, and I think you got the picture. And it's sad to see the Jerusalem Post fall to such a low level. I'm Michael Savage, and there's much more coming on the news, views, and reviews that you've come to expect on the Michael Savage Podcast. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Hello. Hi, how are you? Hi, John. You know, I'm, my blood is boiling, and it's not supposed to. I'm watching... <laughs> I'm watching Mussolini, the senile Mussolini. The world is burning and he's obsessed with uh, abortion. Yeah. yeah. And it's frightening to watch this right now. He has become cars. such a dividing. Everything he does seems to make the country worse. By design. Well, we may as well start there because your article Joe Biden ships U.S. oil reserves to foreign countries. I was shocked when I read the story because I know the um, petroleum reserves were created by uh, Teddy Roosevelt, I think, in 1909. If I'm not, I don't remember the year. And, the, and this is bunker fuel for our U.S. Navy. We're not all nuclear yet. And what are they going to run on wind power or, or horse shit? Yeah, the, I mean, the, 
the whole idea of that, he's already abusing it by releasing it into the country to bring down gas prices, but it's really to bring up his poll numbers. So he's already abusing it, but that's there to protect us in the event of a war. There's a reason why there's 780 million barrels there and he's selling it to China. He's selling it to the European Union. That's not what it's there for. And what a perfect time to come at us. John, has any president ever um, sold our oil reserves to foreign countries before? I've never heard of it ever. I've never heard any. It's so, it is so outrageous. I can't imagine. And I'll tell you that, that article, I, uh, I didn't even see that. And I'm embarrassed because I do this for a living. But Reuters hid the fact that he was selling oil to China way down in the in the lower paragraph. So when I originally wrote the piece, I missed that. And my editor had to point it out to me, which is embarrassing. So he's selling oil to China. And it's not the headline with Reuters. It's not even in the first five or six paragraphs. It's just it's such a conspiracy. John Nolte. I read your articles all the time on Breitbart. You're emotional and strong, but you're also careful. You you say that the strategic petroleum reserve is now at its lowest level since 1986. What happened in 1986 to make it low? I don't. If, hey, by the way, I'm looking behind your picture, and there's a picture that I have on my wall, I swear to you. Exactly the same picture of of Muhammad <laughs> Ali knocking out Sonny List. And I can't, I have the same picture up on How my about wall. That? Huh? My wife got that for me for my birthday. It's actually signed by Ali. Oh, wow. And I got a picture of him signing it. It was just it was one of the greatest birthday presents I ever got. Are you a fight fan? I, I was. I'm not anymore. It's kind of lost its luster. But in the 90s <laughs> and 80s, I just could not. I was a totally addicted. It was such a fantastic sport. Roy he, Jones. He was something. Muhammad Ali was was quite something. And I, I would love to talk about him in a minute. Well, we're here to talk about your article about Joe Biden ships U.S. oil reserves to foreign countries. And uh, it says the strategic petroleum reserve is now at its lowest level since 86. Mm-hmm. What happened in 86, John? I honestly don't know. I didn't I didn't look that up. I know Reagan was president. Um, it might have been that. Uh, it was used for some sort of national security pro, uh, issue because I remember the Cold War was going on then. But I never I think Obama is the first president to release that mm-hmm. to lower prices, which is an abuse of it. You don't so, lower. So, prices. so Biden kills domestic drilling, kills right. fracking, kills the Keystone XL pipeline. Yep. And now he's selling the strategic petroleum reserve oil on the world market, is he selling it or giving it away to the EU and China? Did he get any income? My from understanding it? is that he's selling it. Oh, well, hey, we got to take pleasure where we can. And Hunter's got to get rich, right? I'm sure he gets a rake off. I'm sure he gets a little <laughs> vig picked up to the big guy. Because Hunter is doing business with one of the companies that was involved in the China sale. You have another article, Biden administration flies illegal alien miners out of Texas for abortions. I've never seen anything as insane in my life. What is it their business uh, uh, to give abortions to illegal aliens? How? Do, wait a minute. Let me think about this. They're coming here pregnant and Joe is having them aborted or they're getting pregnant while they're here. It, it could also be it, the thing that surprised me about the article that it doesn't explain. And I looked into it is that they've been doing this for nine months. Well, Ruby oh. Wade was overturned about two weeks ago. Oh, so why were they doing it before? I don't know. But it, 
number one, I think he's using it as a magnet to bring illegal aliens into the country. Hey, we'll give you an abortion. Number two, and one of my colleagues brought this up, he's, he thinks that it's they're covering up the crime of sex trafficking. These oh, girls shit. are being raped. Oh, my God. Along the way. And then they're getting rid of the evidence. Oh, my God. By having abortions and doing it outside of Texas, where maybe Texas has a little more stringent laws when it comes. And these are minors. These are little girls. They're they're We are paying to have transported. We're killing the we're killing these children and these little girls and these minors. It's it's just it's pure evil. It's just so now we've got a combo here from Joe Biden's gang, abortion, immigration, uh, selling oil to China. Yep. Uh, do you think the American people, the Democrats, will ever stand up and say enough is enough? I don't. I think that it's two legs good, four legs bad. Yeah, no, I, I think that the, the, the base of the Democrat Party has done a very good job of getting radicals into the party and scaring the rest of the party who might be reasonable into being radicals. So they are totally beholden to their base. They need that 25% of the American population just to stay alive, just to get their fundraising, just to make sure that the base turns out. So no, I think the Democrat Party is lost. The only thing that might save it is just one electoral shellacking after another because the Democrat Party looked pretty lost in the 60s and then Bill Clinton came along. Who actually was a centrist, wasn't he? He was a center. He was a Southern governor and he was a centrist. And and um, he moved the, the Democrat Party to the right. And he by- did. He was actually a good president. I remember my mother, <laughs> may she rest in peace at the time. She said, oh, what's the difference? They all do it when he was caught with Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> and she was as straight as an arrow, my mother. But she <laughs> chuckled at it. She said, he got caught. She said, they all do it to her. It was not a big deal. But he actually was a centrist politician. In many ways. And we talk about Bill Clinton now. Yeah, it, it, I, I think we look back on Bill Clinton fondly now. It's amazing <laughs> the difference time does. I look back on Bill Clinton more fondly than I do George W. Bush. Well, at least we knew what we were getting with Bill Clinton. Yeah, that's true. No one, that wasn't a secret when he elected him. Now, which Bush are you referring to, the junior or senior? The, the junior Bush. I look back on the Bill Clinton years better than I look back on the on the junior George W. Bush. Yeah, the junior Bush, I called him a fiscal socialist during his heyday because that's what he was doing. He ran up the budget deficit more than the three previous administrations, if I remember correctly. And we were being sold a bill of goods of fiscal conservatism. That has never been. I haven't heard those words since Mitch McConnell, uh, since his gullet grew by an inch. Yeah, and it was it was it was Bill Clinton uh, who kept us out of stupid wars, and it was Bill Clinton who balanced the budget. I mean, Newt Gingrich had to shake him up, but you know, it was a, things were much better. I, I remember ninety eight cent a gallon gas under Bill Clinton. Maybe we could have Bill Clinton run again instead of Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine it. He'd never get elected today. They would never. Why? Would He's never, too. The smooth. Democrats would never not. They call him a right wing nut. Yeah, yeah, like they would John Kennedy. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. We have another article. Another great John Nolte article. CNN lays groundwork to dismiss announcement of Biden recession as racist. (laughs) Wait a minute. They say it's racist because eight white economists who are smart say it's a recession. That makes it false. That's, I mean, to me, and I think I say this in that article, uh, this is a very good sign of how out of 
ammunition the corporate media are when these are their arguments. I mean, Joe Biden is the economy is not collapsing because Joe Biden is not leading or because he doesn't have the right message. It's collapsing because left wing policies collapse economies Mm -hmm. and they have no argument to defend him. So they, all they have is the race card. So they're using the fact that the people who declare a recession, it's all eight white people. I think there's women on the board. So if they do it, it's racist, even though Biden is an old white guy. And even though the criteria for a recession is an objective criteria. What is this obsession with hating white people? When did this become acceptable? To me, this is naked, bald-faced, disgusting racism of the lowest kind. You know, I, I did a show yesterday on Newsmax TV about CRT, and I held up a, a model airplane of an FA-18 Hornet with the insignia of a blue angel on it. And I said, if we permit CRT, if we don't stop it right now, who is going to fly our planes? I said, they're saying that individualism and success right. is white supremacism. So I throw it in their face and I say, how did Muhammad Ali defeat Liston because of individualism? because of his desire to be the best boxer in the world. Is that white? Is that whiteism or white privilege? How did this insanity even reach a point where we listen to a John? How you have again? I think it's a good sign that the Democrat Party is out of ideas because all they have is identity politics and they're trying to divide us along racial lines and they're trying to divide us along the lines of who we sleep with and our income. And it's easy to attack white men because, number one, we can take a joke. Unlike the left, I we can take a joke. It. You know, we, we're able to roll with it. We I'm very thin skinned. I can't take a joke. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, uh, but that's all that they have. And then they have the media on their side, 90 percent of the media on their side. And the media is like, yeah, you can go ahead and do it. I mean, it's why it's why Biden can get away with outrageous things, because he knows that 90 percent of the media is going to say, well, it, it doesn't matter that your son is spooning off. Uh, uh, our foreign policy because we're going to protect you on it. And so Democrats can do outrageous things like that. I read an article that the new head who owns CNN and he owns, I don't know who he is, this guy, Lavrov. Or, uh, Lavrov. He used to work for Stephen Colbert. That's a oh, good sign. Uh, huh? <laughs> but this conglomerate owns Discovery, owns CNN, owns, I don't know how many different media outlets. He's claiming that he wants CNN to be a network for Democrats and Republicans. That's window dressing, isn't it? It's, and it's all lies. I mean, nothing's going to change over there. I mean, nothing has changed over there. It's still, this is, I mean, th- this guy's been in charge now for how long? And they just published an article that said if, if, that, that if someone declares a recession, it's racist. And so nothing, nothing's ever, they always promise change, but nothing changes. I He's see. a left winger. So left winger. It's nothing, and, but that's good. I don't want CNN to change because <laughs> nobody listens to them anymore. They've lost all their, uh, influence over public opinion. And I think we're going to see that big time in November. Well, are Fox's ratings also diminishing? I think they are, aren't they? Because they've moved so far to the center. No, Fox is Fox is hanging on. <clears throat> they're, they're not as good as they were a year ago, but that might have been the election or something else. I but see. But I despise are... Fox News. There's some good people over there, but I despise Fox News. And I, I cable news is a sewer that you let into your house. And I don't Ooh. know why anybody would watch it. It's just awful. It's toxic garbage. Wow. That's well put. A sewer. The sewer pipe. I used to call it the sewer pipe of Hollywood back in the day in my radio days. You could call it now the sewer. It is a sewer pipe. You open (laughs) the sewer pipe. It comes in your head. These are things you can't get out of your mind when you listen to this 
CRT garbage that all white men are evil. And I I held up that airplane and I said, if we don't stop it, who will fly our planes? We'll wind up with people who can't fly an airplane sitting in the cockpit, feeling like they can fly an airplane. And therefore, it becomes a virtual reality for them because they feel they can fly as a blue angel. And they're told they can. And and your your point about Muhammad Ali, you know, Muhammad Ali and I disagreed on a lot of things politically. But the reason his picture's up here so prominently is because Muhammad Ali was his own man. He was an individual. He was always his own man. And that's what I admired about him. Muhammad Ali, I didn't didn't agree with him on the Vietnam War and a lot of other things. But he was a great American because he refused to be what anyone told him he was supposed to be. And that's what they're trying to kill in our country. Well, he exhibited white privilege in the sense that he believed in uh, excellence. He believed in individualism. And he also (laughs) believed in, in winning. And right. then the individual and these collectivist fools are trying to use the whole black thing and the gay thing and the transvestite thing and the, the LGBTQ thing simply to destroy America and turn us into some hodgepodge that's worse than Venezuela at its worst. And my worry is they're succeeding. I don't see them backing off, but I'd rather stick on a positive note. I'm on a new road now, John, which is <laughs> I try to see the positive in things. It's antithetical to my nature, but I'm trying very hard. I'm reading religious books, which are I'm trying to reorient in my mind. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. I watch a lot of TV movies at night. Movies. I like movies because there are no ads. So I'm watching a show. I hope you've seen it called Godfather of Harlem with um, Forrest Whitaker. This is Bumpy Johnson. He's a legend. He took on Dutch Schultz back in the day. I'm putting things back the way they were. Times have changed. I haven't. Been a long time, Johnson. Welcome back. Just because you come from Sugar Hill, don't think you can blame me. I heard you got out, brother. What is it you want from me, Bob? There's something I want you to see. More heroin comes out of these Project Towers than any other place in Harlem. Wouldn't like this when I went away. Shutting down drug corners is the nation's cause. I got guns. I got soldiers. Bumpy Johnson, he's playing all of us. So I watched season one and stumbled upon the fact that there's season two. And in the season two, it's a lot about it's become almost completely anti-white racism in season two. It's hard to watch. And worse than that, they're glorifying a heroin dealer who addicted his entire black neighborhood and 10 other black cities across America with heroin. Why would they glorify a heroin dealer? with a great actor like Forrest Whitaker, what are they trying to do? It's, I understand the, the concept of the anti-hero. And the anti-hero can be a very effective way to explore themes and to explore humanity because we all have humanity. But you do see, and I think that one of the things that's hurting the black culture is, is the, the heroism in the culture of the gangsters Gangster. and the violence and the way that the, the music plays. And there's a degrading effect in that culture. And a lot of great Americans, black and white, see that. And they see what it's, it's doing its part to hurt, especially young men. And then by extension, young women. And uh, I, you know, you have to remember that the, the, the goal of the left is to make us all compliant and needy and that we have to depend on them. That's where their power comes from. So the more that they can destroy a population, the more that they can keep us, it's like the Palestinians. It's like the Arabs used to do to the Palestinians. 
don't solve their problems, because if you solve their problems, we won't be able to wipe out Israel. Well, I heard the same thing about the American Cancer Society 40 years ago when I was in the research business. They said they never want cancer cured because they'd be out of business. Imagine. I mean, and that's and that is the exact, you know, Democrats look at what they're doing in their cities. They run these cities. Mm. They never change anything. Things get worse, but that's what they want. They want a compliant needy population that will keep them in power. They want us living in these big housing projects while they live oh. in high rises with air conditioning. Oh God. That's how they see the world. And that's, and they think that's a virtue and their morality is whatever furthers the cause. Well, I want to go back again to Godfather of Harlem, even though you have not seen maybe season one, even in season two, Muhammad Ali is, is introduced as a character and he, uh, He's very inf he's tremendously influenced by the grand mufti of American Islam, the nation of Islam at the time, who seemed rather reasonable, actually. Malcolm X. N N Malcolm X is seen as a devious character who they don't like very much in this series. Really? They, actually, it's interesting. But the who's who was the grand mufti? Elijah Muhammad? Elijah Muhammad is seen as a very gentlemanly balanced figure who says very smart things and Muhammad Ali falls under his sway, so to speak. And he gives him the name Muhammad Ali, explains to him what it means, etc. So it's all about Islam good, Christianity evil. Christianity is for the white man and it's meant to oppress the black. It's pretty bad racism, this whole show. But to glorify a heroin dealer who enslaved most of black America, who was uh, who, you know, chose the drug road. He was in charge of it. I don't understand who even owns a channel that would produce a thing like this. But then again, we had the Godfather Sopranos. Yeah, we have the Sopranos, which I loved, you know, and he was glorified. I mean, but he was shown as a weak man who was constantly in therapy in, in that that made him human, uh, Tony, right? Yeah. And he I think he became a more despicable character as the show went on. Yes. Um, I know that there was a point where I stopped liking him and, and ah. stopped rooting for him. When? Well, now that's it. Let's talk. You got a minute to talk about the Sopranos yeah. and yeah, Tony? I love awesome. Gandolfini. I try to find every one of the movies ever he's ever done. Have you ever seen him in in Eight Millimeter, where he plays a sleazy pornographer in yeah. L.A.? Yeah. Oh man, what a menace! What a what, what a great movie! What an underrated movie! Oh, with with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, yeah. It's an yeah. eerie movie that's frightening to watch. And when he rips the mask off the guy and he's sort of oh. a simpleton, it's just an amazing movie moment. Yeah. So I watch Gandolfini in every obscure movie he's ever made. So in, in Sopranos, again, an American cultural phenomenon, and I never miss the series. In fact, I sometimes default to watching it for the third or fourth time. Some of the old shows, because they're so per each each one is perfect. There's not a frame that's off yep. or a line that's off. I've never seen a mistake in any of it. But you said that toward the end, Tony Soprano became a character that you didn't like. Do you recall where he was turned into ugly? He became petty. I think that that's what it was. And you, mm. had to, you know, the first few seasons, you you thought, oh, um, you know, he's going to redeem himself. He's going to figure it out. You know, the psychiatrist is going to bring him around. And then when he became the mob mob boss and he's just ugly with everyone <laughs> and he's cheating on his wife. And he's lying to his therapist and, you know, the way he treated Christopher, um, he kills you know, him. He just, he's pushing everyone away. He's remember? being mean for the sake of being mean. Oh. But then, you know, then they had that episode. Remember the episode 
where he's in a coma. He gets shot. He's in the coma. Yes. He's lost in the hotel. Yes. And then they, he's sitting in the hotel room and they play this song and there's the light outside. And that was the brilliance of the show because just in that moment, there was a brilliance of Gandolfini. I think it was the end of the fifth season, the last, the second of the last season. You're just like, I love this guy again. And my heart breaks for him. As you he's, know, he's, in hell. As he, he's dying from a gunshot wound that Uncle June yeah. put into his gut. Yeah. There were some great scenes with rappers in the hospital that I, <laughs> I thought were amazing. I thought they nakedly showed how the Italians used the blacks as a fall guy for all of their crimes. Yeah. Like they killed one of their own and they said the ends did it. Right. They told right. the mother yeah. the ends shot him. You know and how some of the. The blacks let them use the blacks to enrich themselves. They sell out their own people like Bumpy, like Bumpy. Again, yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So there's almost no redemption in a gangster, no matter which way you turn. They're all amoral, antisocial and all around evil gangsters. And yet we all are obsessed with these shows about them because it's the side of us that we all try not to go to, to go near. On the other hand, John, it comes back to the politics of the day. And, and I we all know this. One of the reasons we like the Godfather as a nation is that he was seen to be somewhat of a, a man who had to do it, who had to become a gangster. He has a little job in a fruit stand as an immigrant. He can't feed his family and he and he gets fired because the local gangster, the Italian gangster, forces the grocer to take his nephew on and they fire the, um, the character. So he's reluctantly driven into 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 a crime. You could argue that a lot of the drug dealers in this country are also, by the way, driven into crime through desperation. And they're not too, too many steps removed from many of us who might do the same thing if we were also starving and living in abject horror and poverty. So I understand the appeal of these characters, but to glorify them is another story. It's taking the young kids who might want to become something better. Instead, they follow the baggy pants, the hat on backwards gangster with tattoos down that that uh, rat hole and never come 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 out of it. Michael Savage, a host like no other. He comes back to a guy like Joe Biden. He is a genuine, genuine like evil man. He's always been Machiavellian to me. He was a nothing to begin with. He always was a bag man. He never was a, his own man. He always was somebody else's man. And now he seems again to be somebody else's man. He's gone from being a rather centrist American politician of the worst kind who believes in nothing to an absolute zealot of the left. Who is pulling his strings on things such as transgender, anti-white racism, stuff about constantly berating white people, the criminality with Ukraine? The war in Ukraine, which I totally oppose, by the way, I don't even want to drag you into it. Maybe you do. And I'm not a, a fan of Zelensky. I think he's going to destroy the entire world if he's not stopped personally. And that doesn't mean I'm in favor of Putin. Right, I mean, right, right. I'm not saying Putin's right for destroying Ukraine. But boy, if this Zelensky is not stopped, John, what's the, with the sending advanced weapons to the Ukrainians when Russia said, if you do it, you're declaring war on us. What the hell is going on? Is it the government media, uh, the military industrial complex, simply greed, Republican greed as well? I, you know, to me, it, when I saw the Ukraine thing blow up and I'm like you, I hope I hope uh, I hope uh, Putin gets his nose bloodied in there. I'm not yes. a Putin fan, but it's it's just 
It's, it's, we have gone through one moral panic after another. You know, George Floyd was murdered. It was terrible. We all agreed with that. Absolutely. But all of a sudden, the moral panic is you got to agree with Black Lives Matter and kneel and you got to let them riot or, or you're evil. And then the moral panic is Russia collusion, which was mm. fake. And then the moral panic is, is the coronavirus, which was a real problem. But it wasn't, you know, e- either you agree with us or you're evil. And then and then they ran out of coronavirus. And then the moral panic became, we got to help Ukraine. Oh. And why? Why do we have to help Ukraine? I don't under I don't I mean, let that is their problem. And I hope I hope Putin gets his ass kicked. But that is their problem. And for us to risk World War Three. And then you had smart people, people that I actually admire and I still admire. I'm not one of those throw people away types that wanted a no fly zone, which is shooting down Russian planes. And it, it's very scary how we are led into one moral panic after another. The only good news is that they tried to create a moral panic out of abortion. It's not working. We were told millions of people would take to the streets. They haven't. Just a bunch of weirdos have taken to the streets. <laughs> and my hope is that people are just tired of it. It's, I think I, I'm hoping the left, most of the left is saying, my God, can we just live our lives now? Wow. Can we just go back to living our lives and not be manipulated into, oh, I have to care about this now and I have to care about that now? Can we go back to Ukraine for a moment? I think it's such an important topic. I watched this start and I studied World War I. I, I read the guns of August about 1917. World War I was an accidental war. It started with one act, then another, then one major power did one thing, then the other power did that, then the other counted that. The next thing you knew was World War I and millions of men were slaughtered for no reason whatsoever, by the None. way. It was not a morally justifiable war like World War II was a justifiable mm-hmm. war. Totally different situation. It also created Hitler. World War One created Hitler because Absolutely. of the League of Nations and reparations. So now we have, to me, a despicable human being, Zelensky. The undershirt, to me, is only part of the puzzle. I, I'm not commenting on undershirts. I wear them, too. But what's this making believe he's Churchill? He's nothing like Churchill. And he does it by insulting com- countries. They give him stuff and he says, screw you. You didn't give me enough. What is this man? You know, his poll numbers were garbage before the war against Russia. He was always seen for what he was, a vulgar comedian in Ukraine. The war elevated him. He's crushed all opposition in Ukraine, closed down all opposition, TV channels, newspapers, jailed up opponents. You don't see this in the news, John. He, he makes the he makes the Patriot Act look like a fly swatter. And I and I have to say, I don't blame Zelensky because I think in to defend his country, he's doing whatever he can. OK, I don't blame him. He's doing he wants to defend his country. They're being invaded. He's doing whatever. He okay. can. I don't blame him. I blame us for making him a hero. I blame the moral panickers on our side who say you have to worship and love and adore and compare Zelensky to Churchill, or you're a Nazi. That's what I can't stand. All I see in Zelensky is a guy going, I got to save my country. If these idiots are willing to put me on the Grammys, I'll go on the Grammys. Well, there are those, myself included, who say he may be morally justified in wanting to save the east of his nation from Russia, but what he's done is destroy a good portion of his country in doing so. And the Russians are doing exactly what they do in war. I've studied the Russians for, for, for decades, and I had an expert on, 
a while ago. They're not going to lose this war and they win through attrition and they win by grinding their opponents down. They will expend any number of men. They will expend any amount of their resources to beat the enemy as they did the Nazis in World War Two. People do not know that the Russians lost 400,000 men just in the last months of World War Two after Hitler's Air Force and Navy had been destroyed. This was just to take Berlin. They sacrificed 400,000 Russian soldiers in fighting the Nazis to take Berlin. They will do anything to get what they want. And if the world does not understand who the Russians are, they will. If they push Putin any further, he will use a a tactical nuclear weapon, as sure as I'm sitting here, and shock the world when he does. What's going to happen then? Biden's going to unleash nuclear weapons on on, on, on some portion of, of Russia. I don't know where this ends. How does this... You know, I loved Kissinger coming out and saying what he did a month ago, and he was roundly condemned senile. He's wrong. No, he was 100 percent right. He was the only one who dared say it. And it got swept aside. Why does the world want war, John? I I think that the reason that Biden embraced the war was for his poll numbers. I think his people were whispering, you can be the commander in chief. Now people will gather around you. Everything with him is political. I think that the reason he's doing all these left wing things is that he, people are whispering is your this is your legacy. You can be the first one to trans this and gay that. OK. And it's all ego. But a lot of it is just what Eisenhower called the military industrial complex. And I'm someone who will never, ever, ever stop apologizing for supporting the Iraq war. It, it's, it's one of the great shames of my life. And I see it happening again here where we're fighting a proxy war. But this mm-hmm. time it's with a guy with nukes and and. Putin isn't totalitarian. He's a gangster. He's just like Stalin. Stalin was just a gangster who got in charge of a country. And so is Putin. And he's capable of anything. And, and we, you know, if, if you want to do a cold war with Zelensky, you want to sneak him some stuff through Iran or something, you know, whatever. That's fine with me. I understand that. And, and obviously, Putin needs to know that there are lines he can't cross, the NATO lines. But we cannot. But this is just an open declaration of war against a guy with nukes. And and who's getting rich? Who's benefiting? It's just all the same people, just like we saw in Iraq. All these generals on TV channels who I used to respect, like this General Keene on Fox News, it turns out he's a consultant to one of the major weapons manufacturers. I, I couldn't believe it was exactly what I feared. You and I went through the same thing with these TV generals. I went through admiring them and say, oh, these guys are smart. And then you just right. see they're just feathering their own bed. They're it's frightening. Nicely. They're working for the companies that make the weapons. Yeah. How does Fox have them on, John? Yeah. It's just the, the conflicts of it. And it's all the same people on TV and they have all the same agendas. And they're constantly wrong and they mm-hmm. never admit that they're wrong. You know, they'll never say the Iraq war was wrong. You and I, you and I can say when we're wrong because our audience will hold us to it. But their audience is a bubble and the bubble never never corrects themselves. How does the Ukraine war end? Do you think the world forces Zelensky and the Ukrainians to come to the bargaining table and say, you got to stop this? It's over. We're not going to let this get any worse. That would be quite a walk back from the world that's having Zelensky and the Grammys. I would be shocked if that happened. <laughs> I, I don't I mean, imagine I mean, they've celebrated this guy as, you know, is, is a Christ figure practically. I cannot imagine them all of a sudden going, okay, okay, this isn't going to work. Um, th- that just isn't something they do. It would be an admission that they were wrong, and our quote-unquote experts will never do that. 
I see the end of this in a terrible way, and I it, it's going to come to a, a negotiated settlement. It has to. That I agree with. But the biggest loser here, they're going to they're going to vilify Zelensky both in Ukraine and Russia and in the European Union, and the Jews will be the biggest losers here because he over-identified as being Jewish when, in fact, he's not a religious Jew in the, in the least. His children are baptized. He's a secular Jewish person, which he lost his relatives in the Holocaust. I, I understand all of that. But the constantly playing the Jewish card is one of the greatest disasters I've seen in my life for the Jewish people, because when this is over and the economies around the world are going to tank as they are, they're on a downward spiral. The war is going to be blamed on the Jews as exemplified by Zelensky. I mean, that's what I see, John. I, I'm not asking you to even say yes or no, but this is a, a secondary consideration from a nuclear war to begin with. And yet I hear Jewish people in this country in synagogues. I, I get infuriated talking about it. And they don't even know what the hell they're talking about. Uh, okay. That's one of the reasons I think Zelensky's done it is to try and win over that crowd. And it's, he's, he, he, he is very good at manipulating people, but he's only good at manipulating people who love to be manipulated into feeling virtuous. So here are some of the articles we've been discussing with the great John Nolte of Breitbart News, who I read continuously. Joe Biden ships U.S. oil reserves to foreign countries. Check that one. Nolte, CNN lays groundwork to dismiss announcement of Biden recession as racist. Because the economists are white, so therefore they're wrong. Biden administration flies illegal alien miners out of Texas for abortions. Um, survey shows America has least trusted media on planet Earth. How do they stay in business, John? How do they stay in business if there's a least trusted media on planet Earth? Well, they, you know, we have 350 million people in this country. And if you can get 1% to subscribe to you or watch, that's all you need. That's just how it works. I mean, if, if you have a million subscribers at New York Times giving you $5 a month, that's $5 okay. million dollars a month. Okay. And that's how they do it. The good news is that they don't have any credibility. I don't think they have any, they don't have any persuasive powers anymore. They're just talking in a left-wing echo chamber. Their ability to, to influence public opinion is dead and dying. You said that's the lowest, the least trusted media on planet Earth. Yep. That includes India, Indonesia, Thailand, Nigeria, Colombia, and Peru. Yep. And that's, <laughs> that, and that's all credit to people like us, you and I, and, and the rest of the new media. We've just been, we've been blistering them and we forced them into a corner where they had to come out as the true left wing extremists they are. And their credibility is just shot. They're just talking to themselves. I love it. I see CNN's ratings, 600,000 viewers in prime time. They're just talking to themselves. That's They're unreal. Influencing us. It's, I hate to go back to my TV show on. I, I had a TV show for three months on MSNBC <laughs> until I got fired for something I didn't even know was being broadcast. OK, my ratings on that Saturday afternoon show were 900,000 to a million people for a show on a Saturday with no promotion. So when I see 600,000 in prime time in this day and age, mm. that's insignificant. It's, it's, it's just it's just it's just it is statistically zero. Before we go, Breitbart, I mean, I had um, uh, Joel on the other day, Joel Pollack, another great person from your great site. Yeah. Uh, are you able to release on this podcast 
what your what your audience numbers are? Is that something you can talk about? I I honestly I, I promise you I don't know. Okay, I honestly no, it's don't not know. that important. I know it's significant because I look at the numbers of you know websites by ratings. That I've seen. I've seen like when Drudge posts that. I've I've seen that. But I don't. I honestly have no idea what the numbers are. And if I did, I probably couldn't tell you anyways. But I would tell you that. I just don't know. Any final thoughts? John, what's coming up next from John Nolte on Breitbart News? I'm really focused on November. I, I, I just, if I could give anyone a message, it would be, I think, I don't think it's going to go beyond the Democrats getting beaten in November. I think we're going to see a political realignment in this country, like we saw during the Gingrich revolution, like we saw during the Reagan revolution. I don't make these predictions lightly. I don't like making predictions, mm-hmm. but you cannot pour gay porn into elementary schools mm. and hold on to the American people. You cannot flood the country with illegal immigrants mm. and hold on to the American people and have $5 a gallon gas. And then your, your answer be, it was bad enough when Carter told us to buy a $6 sweater. Biden wants us to buy a $60,000 electric car. And I think you look at the numbers, Hispanics are moving our way. We are going to see a political realignment in this country. And and it's and people need to hold on and have faith in the American people. Things are going to get better. See, you're an optimist and I'm not. I'm not so sure that's going to happen. And I'm terrified of, the, you know, the, the old Stalin statement. It doesn't matter who votes. It matters who counts the votes. We go no, back to no, that no. again. I'm terrified that our elections could be rigged, John. Do you even want to go down that road with me? Uh, as far as the the, 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 the 2000 election. This is my position on it. I don't know what happened. Wait, wait, which, the, which election, John? The presidential election. Uh, what, with Trump? Trump and Biden, yeah. The, 2000, the 2020 election, I'm sorry. Well, we we can go back to 2000. Remember, the hanging chads was a controversy. Yeah. yeah. Al Gore could have been president, was it not, for some election manipulation or mistakes, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was 300 votes or something. But the 2020 election... I don't know what happened. And it's a travesty that I don't because no one wants to look into it. I thought Trump did a terrible job making his case and the media. And I, this is one thing I know for a fact. If the media knew for sure that Biden had cheated, they would still tell us he didn't. Yep. So someday I don't know. I know there was cheating in 2020. I don't know if it was enough to make a difference, but I do know we need to win beyond the margin of cheating. As I think Trump needs to drop that case because that's not going to get him elected if he if he gets to the point of running again. People yeah, don't want to hear it anymore. I, they don't want to hear it anymore. If he was smart, he'd focus on the future as a candidate. And then when he became president and had power, then he'd focus on, on the election. Yeah, borders language culture is what got him elected to begin with. Even if he didn't believe in it, that's what he ran with, according to Steve Bannon, who I spoke with after the election. And when I say borders language culture, you know, he took that theme of putative nationalism, ran with it, was great at many things. Nope. And, and he, when he ran, I said, even if we get 10 percent of what he promises, it will be 110 percent more than we're going to get from Hillary Clinton. And that's 100 percent true. So, of course, he didn't fulfill all of his promises. First of all, he's a politician. Second of all, nobody can. Third of all, he didn't believe in most of the stuff that he said. He did it to run. But he did believe in enough of it to make a big difference. So now we have a border that's melting down, schools that are melting down, an economy that's melted down a military that's in shambles. I don't know how many other things have been wrecked by this wrecking ball called Joe Biden. John, thanks for your time today on the Michael Savage podcast. I look forward to all your articles on Breitbart.com.
Thank you, Michael. I had a blast. I appreciate you asking. Thank you. Let's do it again soon. Bye now. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.